From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. This is an incredible real life story. What you are about to hear is the story of a high school football coach whose team went 0-10, did not win a single game, and then the following year went 10-0. and A powerful real life story that's happening right here in Tennessee. Really exciting. We're talking about how to turn a team around and how they did it as a as a team with just humility and strength and overcoming the odds really really powerful and of course at the end of the show I'm going to highlight for you and share the the six mental I guess uh the the six beliefs that you have to have to turn a team around. This is what I learned from Coach Porter, who you're about to meet. I'm going to sort of dissect and and break apart what I learned from him and what I think you can learn from him to help you or somebody you know turn any team around. So I know you're going to love meeting Coach Porter. It's a fantastic story. And as always, we're so glad you're here. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. Coach Jeff Porter is the coach of White House High School football, and he has been for over 30 years. His record uh, during that time, this is a couple years ago, was 252 wins to only 120 losses. He had 27 playoff appearances, 15 district titles, uh, had eight 10-win seasons, and uh, won a state championship in 1997. In 2016, he was inducted into the Tennessee Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame. Ironically, in the 2016 season, his team, for the first time ever in his history, did not win a game. They went 0-10, and 10, lost every regular season game. And then this year, in 2017, they had a complete turnaround. They went 10-0. and 0. So they went from 0-10 to 10-0. and 0, And I wanted you to hear the story as we talk about how do you turn around a team. So, Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having us on. So I want to pick up your story, Jeff, from being inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, you know, you've got 30 years, this, uh, this amazing track record, uh, very consistent. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what did it feel like, you know, getting inducted into the Hall of Fame? Because it was, you know, that's to me where this story starts. It's sort of like you reach the, the pinnacle, so to speak, of 
the Hall of Fame. So take me to that moment, and 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 how were you feeling then? And and uh, you know, take us back to that time. Well, the induction into the Hall of Fame in 2016 was in December. We had just completed our football season the month before, and as you said, we had gone 0-10. Not only, you know, going 0-10, but we had been pretty much dominated during that football season because we were mercy-ruled four of the ten games. So it was a, you know, it was a very challenging time for a football program because, you know, we had been very blessed here to be successful you know, for the past 30 years. So we knew going into 2016 that we were going to be a younger football team, but I don't think anybody ever thinks that you're going to go, you know, 0-10 and not win a game. But realistically, we were younger and we were facing a schedule that most of the teams on that schedule were very, very strong. So, you know, and realistically and looking back at it, uh, there were probably only a couple of games that we really had realistic chances of uh, coming out with a W, and in uh, and, and matter of fact, in both those games, we actually led, but we couldn't finish, so, you know, the year ended 0-10, and, and I think what, you know, what we've had to look back on is we, you know, in retrospect, <clears throat> that year, you know, we had to find different ways to find victories, and what I mean by that is you have to find small victories, and it might just be, you know, getting a first down, or stopping somebody, or maybe going out and having a good practice that afternoon, or you know, so you just have to find ways, and even though you, the outcome may not be what you want at the end of the game, you know, you had to find different ways. And I can remember in some of those mercy, mercy rule games that we were just trying to get the points back under 35 where we could uh, not have a running clock so we could get more offensive yeah. plays. So, you know, you but, just have to look what is for the different mercy ways. Rule? Mercy rule what is, is that? when the team gets up by 35 points in the second half and the clock runs continuous. So four times in 2016, you know, we were mercy ruled. The clock was running, and we weren't getting to play as many plays. And kids weren't been able to get as much experience. So that's how 2016 ended. And then a month later, I was inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, wow. it's very, uh, very uh, unusual turn of events. Yeah. So you have this sort of career high at the Hall of Fame, but it's juxtaposed against mm-hmm. the worst season that you'd ever had. In 30, well, that 30 actually, years. Well, you know, That's, I found out about the induction in, in September, so I had known for three or four months that, uh, you know, that was going to take place in December. So, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those years. That's all you can say. You know, if you stay in this business long enough or, or if you have your, you know, if you have your own business that you own, you're going to have highs and lows. And, um, the highest of highs never equals the lowest of lows. And I just think that, you know, whenever you're going through a challenging time, you know, it's just an opportunity to show your character. And I think that's what our football program has done this following year. Uh huh. So, you know, before we talk about this year, did you, um, did you emotionally, did you feel like people might look at you funny? Like, you know, you knew obviously you were going to be inducted to the Hall of Fame and then you have, you know, unfortunately the worst season that you guys had had in history did you have any sort of like personal feelings of like oh my gosh you know people are, did you have any of that or did you not really worry about people thinking it's you know was uh i, I don't know i mean it just any any of those kind of personal feelings no no personal feelings you know you yeah. know people ask us what what happened this year you know we haven't done anything different this year than we did in 2016 we still practice the same way and 
we still do the same thing that we've done for 30 years here. And, you know, it's just, you know, 2016 was probably uh, a stepping stone to the 2017 year. So I wasn't worried about the emotions of, uh, you know, how we're going to be perceived. You know, I was more concerned, you know, on how we're going to respond. So, uh, you know, it's never about that one person. It's never about the head coach. And, you know, it's all about everybody working and pulling together and, you know, trying to do something positive. So, you know, the the honor was a tremendous honor, and, you know, I accepted it on behalf of my school and my community because I've been blessed to be in one place for so many years. So, you know, when something like that, an induction happens, it's really just a reflection of the efforts of your school and your community and then, most importantly, your family because your family sacrifices mm-hmm. more than anybody else in the world. And, you know, I have a, a wonderful wife and two blessed children, and, uh, you know, they're the ones – you know, if anybody's got cheated on this journey, they're the ones that got cheated. And uh, believe me, if I could mm-hmm. do it do it different again, I would certainly do it different. But uh, um, that's where we are today. So, you know, we're just very thankful so, and very blessed to be at this point. So tell me about the start of the 2017 season. So... You know, you gotta. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to picture like you know the locker room of the first mm-hmm. game of 2017. Obviously, your team is well acutely aware of the fact that they did not win a single game the previous season. Sure. What were you? What was your message to them mentally? You know, knowing that they, you know, there was some you know, pressure or spotlight on the fact they had not won any games the previous season, and now here we are about to start another season. Like, what was your, your message to them? Well, you know, that first game was October the 18th, but, you know, in actuality, that season began January the 2nd because that's when we started our off-season workout program. And, uh, you know, I just think our kids committed to doing everything that they mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually could do to get themselves in a position to have the best chance to be successful. And honestly, going into that game, you know, there was no doubt over here this, that, that afternoon on, on August 18th in our locker room here before we went to the stadium. It was probably one of the most focused, quiet times that we'd ever seen among our kids. Mm. And before we took the field that night, you know, our message was, you know, you know, we have a different message for every week. And the message that week was chosen and the meaning so you know what is you know we just talked about what it means to be chosen and there's so many principles that you can look at whether in real life or in the bible that you can talk about you know what's it mean to be chosen so you know obviously you know we've been chosen to be in this situation right here and how we're going to respond and our only goal going into the first game was simply one thing we just wanted to win the first game we didn't worry we weren't worried about the second third so our total focus was simply that first game and after we won the first game, then our focus has changed to the second game. We're going to try to win the second game. So this team really did a good job of keeping everything in perspective of one game at a time. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the the power of that concept of being chosen. So let's let's fast forward to the middle of 2017. Okay, so now I'm thinking, all right, so here we went from this 0 and 10 season, and then at some point you're 4 and 0, 5 and 0, 6 and 0. People have to start talking about, oh, what a comeback, what an amazing year, what, what a great story this would be if you were 10 and 0. And uh, right. the, you know, they have to start, you know, in the back of their minds, that has to come up as like, wow, we could, we have a chance here 
you know, go undefeated. So how did you manage as the turnaround starts to happen? How did you manage that dynamic? And how did you, how did you kind of, what was your message to the team there as it starts to become obvious? Like, Hey, we are a very different football team. Obviously we've made a lot of improvements. We've earned a lot of respect back. Um, but we got a long way to go still. Well, we won a big game on September the 15th. It was our first region game, and we were able to defeat Springfield 16-14. to We kicked a field goal with about four minutes to left to go to win the game. And, and, you know, obviously after that point, you know, there was things, perspective of how people viewed us. I knew we were going to change. But, you know, the message that night was choosing to say, I can't wait. And we told the story about, you know, life and how people have different things going on. You know, we say it all the time. Everybody has stuff going on, but we told the story about a little girl and how when her father put her to bed that night, I missed, I missed all the things going on. Her, her message, what she told her dad that night was, she, she goes, when she, she got ready to go to sleep, she goes, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning. And you, if you think about those words, you know, somebody going to sleep and they say, I can't wait to wake up. And we just talked about that night, you know, what's it mean that you can't wait? You know, we've had this opportunity to take the field, and we just can't wait to take it. And then we just look so forward to next week when we can, you know, we can't wait till we get to do this opportunity again. So we just try to use it as a perspective of going one game at a time, one practice at a time. And, you know, as we were able to win some games, it's obvious that there was going to be more coverage coming to our football team. And to be quite honest with you, you know, I, I tried to shield some of that from our kids right there because they had a good thing going and I wanted to try to keep them focused on what they were trying to do and what they were trying to accomplish. And uh, they did a good job of uh, keeping everything in perspective and just uh, truly taking it one game at a time. Mm-hmm. It's funny because Suzanne told me the story. I think you guys were maybe 7-0 and or 8-0. And she was, I said, I said, wow, this is a pretty cool story. And uh, she said, well, I'm introduced, happy to introduce you to Coach Porter. And I said, I said, you know what? Let's just wait to the end of the season uh, and see because uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to put any more pressure than any, on anybody. And um, so, so what about the the last night? So you're nine and zero, and. I love how you have a theme every single week, and this is really, really powerful, that it's, and that it's different. So it's not like you had a theme to the season. It's more like you have a theme every single night. Um, now, when you're 9-0, and it's kind of like, I mean, that night in the locker room, no matter how much you're trying to deflect the focus and the perspective and keep, keep people focused, it's got to be somewhat unignorable to the idea that, hey, this is, we have a chance to make history here, and this is this could really happen. So, what was that night like for for them and for you? I think you have to backtrack to the previous week because the previous week we had uh, won a home game by the score of thirty to ten, and it was a game that we had actually struggled in. And when we came to the locker room after the game, when you walked in our locker room, you would have thought uh, we had lost because our kids were so quiet, they weren't saying a word. And I can just remember walking in with the coaches, and when we walked in, there wasn't a word said. And, uh, you know, my, my immediate thoughts were, they've got it. They understand it. And, you know, it's just it was the feeling that they had not performed to the level they, they expected of themselves. 
So, you know, even though they had been successful in the final score that night, they weren't satisfied with their efforts. So my immediate thought, as we talked to the coaches, was, you know, there's something special here. There's no doubt about it because whenever you get a group of people and they're not satisfied with their performance and they know that they can do better, then you've got a growth. You've got a very mature football team or you've got a very mature business. It doesn't matter what you're doing. So that was the that week. So that's what led into, you know, that night is when we first heard of the opportunity that there had never been anybody go 0-10 and, and have the opportunity to, uh, and go 10-0. We, I had not heard that, and I heard, I think our principal brought it up after the game that night, and our kids heard it. You know, they may have known it. I, didn't, I don't know, but I didn't know anything about it. So, you know, the next week we are playing at Greenbrier in week 10, and it is for an opportunity to, you know, we still had not won the region championship. It was against a team that had beat us very soundly the previous year, 40-14, and then on top of all that, we wow. get over to play, and the forecast is 7 p.m., rain and cold so all day long it doesn't rain any and then sure enough at seven o'clock that night the heavens opened up and it was so bitterly cold it's honestly one of the coldest football games that we've ever participated in and our kids played so great and it was just uh it was really humbling to see them watching as the final seconds were you know ticked off the clock you know the message that right that night or for that game was just do what's right to trust and I just really think that uh, they, our kids have try, tried to do what was the right thing all year, and they trusted, and they trusted the process. And, you know, fortunately, we were able to come out on top and win that game. And uh, when I saw the emotion of the kids that night, you know, it was just uh, you could see the culmination of the, the previous year. And, you know, you got to remember two years before that, we had been 4-6. and six. So 4-6 and six and 0-10. And, and uh, so it was a great opportunity to see our kids smile, and that was the one thing that we as coaches had tried to share with people going into this year is that we just wanted to see our kids have a chance to smile again. And that's the most rewarding thing that's happened this year is that the kids in this football program and also the people in our community, they got the chance to smile again. Wow. I mean, I can't, I cannot imagine what it must have been like that night, uh, after the locker room, well, so so let me let me turn the conversation now just a little bit. Um, so the people that are out there listening, right? Most most of the people listening to the show are not high school football coaches, although we do have we do have a lot of coaches at the collegiate level uh, who do listen to the show. Different coaches for different things, but um, many of the people who listen run a church or they run a, a business or they they manage a team inside a corporation. Or they run a family, um, and I think anybody who is a leader for any length of time, as you mentioned earlier, there is gonna there's gonna be a point where you run into roadblocks, where you run into challenges when the team starts to stumble, uh, and maybe you start to question your confidence as a leader. As a leader, you know, just drawing on some of the lessons that you looked you learned this year, coach, like. What would you say, what what advice would you give to somebody who's listening that maybe is leading a church or is leading a team or is leading a business or a family, and, and when they look at their team, they know that, hey, they're 4-6 and six, or maybe they're 0-10, oh and, and they're in that moment where you were at at the end of 2016, and they're looking at their team and having to you know acknowledge the fact that they're losing. What advice would you give to that coach or that leader if they're in that moment right now? You gotta hang on. And you gotta, you just gotta really, 
find out what you believe in. And when you find out and you know what you believe in, you stick to your values. And that's the most important thing that I would try to share on behalf of our coaching staff here. And, you know, you know, we're in this together. You know, the number one thing that you've got to have in whether you're trying to turn a business around, turn a football season around, or maybe a difficult situation going on in your life, you know, you got to have loyalty. you got to have people that you can depend on. And, you know, that's the number one characteristic that we've always looked for and whenever we try to put together, you know, a business or a team or, or players or coaches or anybody, you know, the number one attribute is loyalty. And you know, the thing that we had going for us this year is, number one, I, we had the support of our administration. I knew that they believed in what we as coaches were trying to do with our players, and our players bought in. And I think that's a very key element. You know, I said the game started on August 18th, but it really started January, eight months before that. Our kids bought into the concepts and what we were trying to do. And those are the things that you got to hang on to. And, you know, you work with a group of people, you know, a coaching staff. A coaching staff probably spends together more time together than they do with their actual family. So if you're in business and you got to have people that are working side by side that have the same vision, and the same concept, but also have the freedom to express themselves. And everybody's held accountable for, you know, their actions. And, and I just think it's important that everybody has the opportunity to have their say. I had, I had the opportunity to work with a coach 10, 15 years ago, and his favorite line was, he goes, he goes, I don't have to have my way, I just want my say. And when you allow everybody to have their say and then you come together and you come together on a choice or a decision, and once you make that decision, you walk out of that room uh, together and you collectively, you know, you believe in that decision and you support it, then you got a great chance for something to happen. So loyalty, believing in yourself and believing in the concepts of what your program stands for or your business or your family. You know, you hang on to what you believe in. On that note, this is my last question for you, Coach, is, um, you know, I've, I've learned through – just kind of learning about you in various ways that your your faith actually is a pretty big part of of uh, this and you know just personally um, and can you just share a little bit about that I, I mean obviously it's like you know playing football is is football uh, doing business right. is business how, how much is your of your faith you know like your personal faith has mattered like over the course of this journey I love the Lord. I'm a Christian. And I love the Lord. He's been so, so fi- he's been so good to me, and uh, he's blessed me so much in my life. And uh, you know, I'm just like everybody else. You know, I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be in a community and for as long as I have. I have a wonderful wife of 29 years. I have two healthy children, and that the pleasure of opportunity of working with some of the greatest men coaching. You know, coaching staff here and just, uh, you know, I'm just one of them. We're all just a group of guys working together. We have the greatest blessings and opportunities every day to see young men and help them to try to become good fathers and good husbands. And winning football games is nice, and, you know, wins and losses are going to come and go, but when it's all said and done, nobody's ever going to remember the score or what, how many games you won. You know, we have when we our kids come back as alumni now, and we get to see them with cousins and fathers. 
contributors into the community, and uh, those are where the real rewards are all about. So, uh, you know, we as coaches, we're very blessed. We're at a special school. We have tremendous administration that starts with our principal, Mr. Scott Langford, and it runs down through our entire student body and our community. And uh, this is a very special place, and, uh, you know, I'm just thankful that uh, everybody always talks about the destination point. It's never the destination point. It's always about the journey. And, you know, this journey this year has been special. It's been enjoyable. And, unfortunately, journeys sometimes have to come, they have to, come to an end. That's part of life. So, you know, 2017 has ended, and uh, we're working on the journey to 2018 as we speak. And uh, every day there will be good things that happen, and there may be some challenges that come along the way. But uh, any time you come across a disruption or a challenge, that's just an opportunity to show your character. So the most important thing is how much these kids – you know, we can help you to grow to be better people, and uh, you know we're the lucky ones. We we're the we get to stay here with them year in and year out, and uh, we're just thankful for the opportunity. You know, I've never been one to want to go tackle somebody, but I tell you, I felt inspired like I was in the locker room a couple times during that interview, and uh, maybe I should go out and play football. Probably not going to happen, but what a fantastic, what an amazing story. I mean, any undefeated season is an incredible story, but to go from not winning a game to winning every game in one year, like a one-year turnaround like that is is just incredible. And there's so many things I love about Coach Porter. I I love just how humble he is, right? He just he just no matter what I asked him, it was like he would not take credit for anything. And just talking about the administration and the community and his coaches and both before and after our interview, he he was just convinced he was trying to convince me that there wasn't really a a story that, that there wasn't really a story there to interview him on. It was just, it was just like, this is just what we do. And it's a great coaching staff. And it was the kids and it was the parents and it was the community. It was the administration. And, and I was just like, well, just, just let me just ask you some questions. I, I basically had to like nudge him along to just kind of convince him that, you know, there were things that he had that I wanted to share. And he, you know, he definitely believes that running a business is, is no different than running a football team, but he just, he just refused to take credit for anything. And I love that. I love that about the guy. I just, and that's, that's, that's just a part of it and a part of great leadership. And that inspires me that I, I want to be better in that regard. I want to be more egoless and I want to be more humble. And, and I think, you know, then you see these epic, accomplishments of these great teams it's it's usually because there's an egoless leader that is around and this is a great example of that and then also just getting a chance to hear his his faith and you know hear that kind of come out was really cool so i mean you could check out again the name of the the high school it's a cool cool story is a white house high school is the name of the school and so what I wanted to do, I went back, I listened, you know, listened to the interview here and pulling out my big takeaways and, and turning it into an action plan for you, which those of you, by the way, if you're listening, if this happens to be your first time ever listening to the Action Catalyst podcast and, and you say, why do we, why does this guy interview, you know, 
Navy SEALs and and sales people and CEOs and authors and high school football coaches and NFL athletes and and you know, what what is the theme of interviewing all these people? Well, the whole idea of this show, right, is to find ultra performers, to find examples of greatness happening in the world, and to learn from them. And I'm learning alongside of you, and to then translate it into an action plan. So I think. I'm learning along with you, but then this last part of the show is sort of always one of my, I I think what I'm trying to do is even for myself is just dissect what I've just experienced and to put it into an action plan for you to help you take action on it in your own life or in your own business or with your own team. And we, we try to give you ideas and tools to help you act on. And of course, our goal at Southwestern Consulting is that these ideas we're sharing for free will help you take action in a way that help you, you know, grow your income and that perhaps at some point you'll you'll take a chance on reinvesting some of that growth into getting into coaching with our team. And that's what we do is one-on-one sales coaching, sales leadership coaching. Uh, we also do, uh, you know, online selling or what you might call digital marketing. It's, it's kind of a newer space that we're entering into, but we elevate sales. For us, the scoreboard is growing revenues. That's kind of what we do. We're not so focused on reducing expenses. There's other coaching things and consultants and trainers that talk about that. We are all about growing revenue for a business. And and that comes from sales, marketing, leadership, uh, strategy. And so we're trying to give as much as we can here for free. And hopefully you help take that, execute on it, and then consider reinvesting some of that back into us with uh, getting your own coach or you know some of the other offerings we have. So this is how I'm going to take what I just learned from Coach Porter and put it into action in my life. And these are simple, but gosh, I thought they were so, so powerful. And so the first one, you really don't hear enough about. And if you're talking about how do you turn a team around, you know, these six, these are six ideas that I'm taking from Coach Porter about how do you turn around a team. And the first one is not a technical thing. Um, In fact, all of these are not really technical things. They're all emotional things. And, And they're all belief things. They're all mental things. They're all mindset things, all of these things, right? Which is interesting. You, what you even heard him say is you, you heard him say, we didn't do anything differently. Technically we ran practices the same way. And I thought that was fascinating in and of itself, which is not the first idea, but it it comes into the first idea is it wasn't like a technical change that made the difference. It's about mental changes. And the first, where that starts right? The mental journey of turning a team around starts with this phrase. And here's what he said. He said, I wasn't worried about how we were being perceived. Boom. That is where the journey starts. If you are failing, if you are losing, if you are struggling, the turnaround starts from realizing, from coming to this place of saying, you know what? I am not going to expend energy being worried about how I am perceived. And man, I can just tell you personally that this is something that I've struggled with many times in my life is I expend way too much energy being worried about how I'm perceived. And anytime you're spending energy doing that, that is time and energy that is taking away 
from what you could be using that time and energy for, which is just making the improvements, making the adjustments, reshifting, reallocating that time and energy into doing what needs to be done in order to change the course. And I, that is so powerful. Is, and that is where I think that it started with him and for his team is they were not worried about how they were being perceived. They simply got to work, you know, that January after their losing season, went back to work. And that's just a massive mental mental shift. Just, you cannot be worried about how you're being perceived. Number two, okay, so this is the second sort of mental checkpoint, I think, about how you turn a team around. And this was also so inspiring is he said, we believed that we were chosen. We believed that we were chosen. And what's powerful about that is, is what he was saying is not like, oh, we're special. Oh, we deserve, you know, there's something about us that we have that nobody else has. No, it was more about saying we're in a tough spot. We're in a tough situation. Our backs are up against the wall. Things are, have fallen apart. But we believe that that's not our destiny. We believe that that is just a part of establishing our determination, that that is a, just a part of discovering what our journey is, that that is an opportunity to turn around. And I think this is where people really f- fail, right? Having a losing season, not winning, is not the same thing as failing, when failing happen, it, failing happens is when you take a loss, when you take even a series of losses and you write that into your permanent future. That is what failure is, is when you take the loss and you project it and you make it permanent. What winners do, what ultra performers do, because it's not that they never lose, they do lose. Coach Porter is a great example of that and his team and his coaching staff, that's a great example of that. What they don't do is they don't take that failure and they don't project it into the future and make it permanent. What they do is they take that failure and they reship shift it. They reshape it. They 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 craft a perspective on it that says, "Wow, there must be some reason why we're going through this. And if you're a believer like I am, you go, yeah, God is going to take this and he's going to redeem it. He's going to turn this struggle into a strength. He's going to transform this pain into an opportunity. He's going to take this failure and he's going to rewrite it as a beautiful future. They believe that they are chosen, that in their failure, in their pain, in their struggle, that there is hope and that they have been chosen. And that is a huge mental checkpoint for how to turn around a team or how to turn around your own life. So incredibly powerful. And the third thing, the third phase or the third step that I pulled out of that interview was when he was telling the story about the little girl who falls asleep at night and she says, Dad, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow. I cannot wait to wake up tomorrow. I can't wait to get back to doing the work of accomplishing something meaningful. And that is a decision that you make, right? That is a choice that you say, I'm going to make the most out of my life. I'm going to use my life to do something great. I'm going to use my life to do something good. I'm going to choose to be a part of a team that is making a meaningful difference in the world. I cannot wait to get up and take my life and dedicate it 100%, throw it fully in the direction 
of doing something that is meaningful, of doing something that matters. That's not about having the perfect job. That's not about having the perfect boss. That's not having about perf- the perfect team. That's a little girl that doesn't even have a job and she is saying, but you know what? She understands that that life is a gift and it's her choice to, to do something great with it. And you have the same decision to take your life and to make it count every single day and to, to do something with your time that, that matters, to make the most out of what you've been given, to treat each day as an opportunity. And no matter if you are in the midst of a 0 and 10 season or a 10 and 0 season, that is a choice that winners make. The fourth thing, the fourth thing is if you do these things, right, if you have these, these first three belief barriers, you, you, you don't worry about how you're perceived, you believe that this, you are chosen, that this, this struggle is going to be redeemed, if you, and then if you choose to make the most out of the time you've been given and you're doing the work and you're paying the price, then what's going to happen is you're going to start to win right? It's going to start to turn around. And the risk is that when it starts to turn around, you, you risk becoming complacent. The risk is that you go, you, you, you start feeling a little success and then you take your foot off the gas. The, the risk is that you don't end up living into that potential because you cut out too early. You quit, you, you give up before it's really finished. And the fourth thing that he said, is, you said, you know, you have a special group when they're not satisfied with their level of performance. And I love that story where he talks about they won 30 to 10. They won 30 to 10. They were 9 and 0. They were on the cusp of one of the greatest comeback seasons in the history of all of sports. And in the history of all of sports, they were sitting there not satisfied. Because to them, the win wasn't in the score. The win wasn't in their, their record. Their win was in their work ethic. Their win was in how they performed. Their win was in their execution. It wasn't about the scoreboard. It was about did they execute? Did they do the things they knew how to do? And you have to make the same decision. You and your team, you have to get to the same place. You have to get to that place to where you're not playing for the scoreboard. You don't give a crap about your record. It's not about your W's and your L's. It's about every single day, do you pay the price? Are you expending the discipline? Are you controlling what you can control? Are you putting in the work? Are you putting in the effort? Are you taking action? And are you doing the things that you know you can be doing? And that is the win. That is the journey. And that is why we talk about success is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day because that decision has to be made every single day. When, when, when you think about scoreboards, when you think about hall of fames, when you think about comeback seasons, when you think about winning seasons, those are all W's, but those are things that, that are finite. And the real path to glory is embracing success is never owned. Success is only rented. And that rent is due every day. That is a price that I am proud and willing to pay every single day. And when you have a group of people who put their self-esteem in their work habits rather than their production, when you have a group of people who hold themselves accountable to their daily execution, not to their quarterly or their annual numbers, but to daily execution, when you have a team that is focused on taking care of business for the next two hours, and that's what they do over and over and over again, you have something special. 
because when they lose and they will have losses, when they have downs and they will have downs, when they have challenges and they will have challenges, they won't falter, they won't misstep, they won't be stopped because they don't, they're not focused on that. They're just focused on executing the next play. And that is something very, very special is not being satisfied with your level of performance because your self-esteem is focused on execution and work habits. Number five, you do what's right and you trust. You do what's right and you trust. The key uh, is, is, is just if you execute, you trust that sooner or later, this is going to work out for you. And that is an important message because when you're 0 and 10, right? When people, when the newspapers and whoever, you know, people in the streets are, are talking smack about you and nobody knows what's going on, but they're just jumping on the negative bandwagon and you're being criticized. And, and, and some, some of you work in organizations where you have a, 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 a leader or a, a colleague or a counterpart where they're criticizing you, where they don't want you to succeed. They're, they're excited about the fact that your back is against the wall and you you've got pressure coming at you and people looking at you and you go, you know what? I'm going to let go of all that. And what I'm going to focus on is doing what I know how to do. And I'm going to trust that if I do what I know how to do, somehow, some way it's going to work out. I am going to trust that if I execute and I do what's right and I stay committed to my principles and I stay committed to doing what I know how to do, that I believe that it is it is going to it is going to it's going to work out and that is a decision you have to make and then finally the last thing i just want to leave you with this is so powerful he said at the end of the day no one remembers the score that is so good at the end of the day no one remembers the score one of the biggest myths that we talk about in the world is we say you know what no one ever remembers who came in second right? That's what we say. No one ever remembers who came in second. Well, let me ask you this. Can you name the last five best pictures of the year, right? Just in the last five years, what were the five best pictures? Can you name every gold medal athlete that there was in the last Olympic games? Can you name um, the last 10 Super Bowl champions or World Series champions? Can you tell me who were the last five Pulitzer Prize winners or tell me all of the Nobel Peace Prize winners? You can't do that. And, and the truth is, it's not that nobody remembers who came in second, that nobody, won, nobody remembers who came in first. It's because it's not about the score. It's about character. It's not about the wins or the losses. It's about contribution. And if I were to ask you, which teacher made the biggest impact in your life, I bet you could tell me. If I said, who was there in your lowest moment in life, I bet you could tell me. I bet that if I asked you, who were the people that believed in you when no one else did, I bet you could tell me. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the score. No one remembers the score. It's about your character. And so I hope you take those six things. You, you stop worrying about what people, how you're perceived. You believe that anything you're going through is just a, you're chosen. It's part of your plan. If you wake up tomorrow and you can't wait to wake up because you're going to do the work and you don't accept anything less than your best execution and you do what's right and you trust and you remember that no one remembers the score, if you do those things, then you can turn any team around. 
and you can turn any life around. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.